0: Thank you worship team. We always appreciate you getting us started. Morning everybody. How we doing? Good. Cold. Hopefully it's not too cold in here. But I do kind of have a sweater on. (laughs) It is good to see everybody. We uh, just to let you know we had a great time last night at the game night. We had uh, uh, three different sections of games going and switched things up and and you missed really good pizza from Dino's. I don't know if anybody likes Dino's pizza, but, yeah, you missed out, so you have to catch us next time, but we had a good time. And the ladies had breakfast as well yesterday, so that went well. And uh, it's always nice to have different things available, opportunities for you, if you, you know for anybody who can stop by. One of the things I wanted to share is, um, you know, we get email updates from some of our missionaries periodically and one of the one of the families are in Japan, and they've been talking about how they've been supporting um, kind of the after effects of some of the earthquakes and things that have happened. Um, I think it's been a maybe about a month since that happened. I, I don't know the exact dates, but I know there were some earthquakes that caused you know damage and stuff. And and those missionaries that we support are are part of helping um, you know kind of some of the aftermath. That I think there were. Um, two or three hundred people that lost their lives through that. So the that's one of the things that that we do as a church is we support them in their efforts, and certainly what they're doing now is a little above and beyond. So, uh, like I said, if if you feel uh, led to give towards missions, you can just designate that on your on your offering, either online or by check. And we uh, we appreciate everything you do. Um, and I also personally appreciate some of the volunteers that we have. To, just to make a Sunday morning happen and people have taken care of you know upgrading electrical things and you know working with roof issues that we're, that we're working through um, Of course you can't do much on a roof right now but that that's what some of this you know stuff is that you see up there um, We basically it's looking like we have to replace all the screws on the roof so that's not something we can do now because of that white stuff up there but Um, Those are just some of the things that we're we're working on, but I appreciate all the volunteers that help with all the different pieces, right? Um, All those pieces come together and and helps us do what we do here for the glory of God. Uh, The scripture reading is me. I get to read today, so I'll call myself up. Here I am. Uh, (laughs) We're reading from John chapter 4. Um, Verses 21 through 24, and this is where Jesus talks with the Samaritan woman. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. It's all yours, friend.
1: Nah, it's all mine. <laughs> Jim said so. <laughs> well, good morning. All you brave souls who... Brave, I mean, we live in the North Country. We know what we signed up for. I, I don't know why we... Con- like, we can p- complain, I guess, a little bit, but, I mean, again, we live... I call this South Canada. Uh, my friends who live... Uh, Pastor Matt, if you guys remember him, who, who comes up every once in a while and preaches, uh, he calls it uh, the South Arctic Circle. Um, so, you know, we know what we sign up for here when it comes to weather uh, and, and the cold. Um, this year it's just, it started a little later than normal. Um, so, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together, this time to hear your word, to worship together, to give our best first, Lord. And I pray, I pray as we move forward into this day, into this year, into our lives, Lord, that we would know and give you everything first. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Lately, I have been on a deep dive when it comes to worship. Why we do it, what ways we can improve it, why is it so important, what even is worship? And this all started because my ADHD likes to focus in on things uh, when, when, when they happen. And it, it all started when the piano's sustain pedal started to die. and we started to search for a new piano. During that process, there were questions like, can you even tell? Does it really matter? Statements like, people won't notice. It's not that important. Well, these all came up, and they were innocent conversations trying to understand what we really needed to do, what the scope of everything that was happening was trying to assess the impact in our needed course of action. It sent me in a direction where I ended up here this morning preaching in front of you on worship. (laughs) As I started to search for what We should do. I ran into a lot of videos on worship theory, on different ways we could improve our worship service, on how to make things look better, sound better, be better, ways to train our team to be more excellent in using the talents in this endeavor we call worship. And I have to tell you, I'm starting to get a little annoyed. I started to think about the different excuses I hear when it comes to worship, and some of them were embedded into these these videos and 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 uh, podcasts and and um, forum posts that I was finding, excuses like "Oh, the music isn't right for me," or "Oh, that preacher isn't right for me." You know, we were just so busy, we just had to skip out this week, next week, the week after, the week after that. And as a pastor, these excuses probably annoy me a little bit more, just because of where I am, and also the way I was raised, I mean, not being a pastor or a pastor's kid growing up, um... We were always in the church <laughs> every moment that there could be. And so but I was doing a little reflection and I think some of these excuses annoy me a little bit more because there's some of my excuses too. I I look at live streams or I think about different ways people worship and I hear yeah, oh, that's not the way it should be. That's not right. That's not. And all this thought and research and annoyance brought me back to where it should, in all honesty, the Bible. But to a weird place in the Bible, at least I thought at first, it brought me to Genesis four. Now Adam had relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel's and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain feel very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it to be its master. Now, like me when I came across this set of verses, you might be wondering what the literal second story in the Bible has to do with worship. Maybe to some of you it's pretty obvious. They're giving offerings, a form of worship, and there are two outcomes that happen in this story one that is accepted by God, and one that isn't. It's interesting. If we look here and pay attention to the text, we see Cain and Abel start worshiping God. There seems to be no command to do so at this point. They seemingly start this activity on their own, spontaneously, spontaneously becoming the first two people in the biblical narrative to worship God. And they both do it in a similar way. They take a portion of what they have, A gift as it's put and present it to god in these verses we are witnessing the first recorded worship service no lights no music not even a hard-hitting or thought-provoking sermon or even a prayer just two men offering what they have to god nothing more and nothing less. So going back to my manic spiral into all things worship, all the videos I watched, all the podcasts I skimmed, all the articles, so on and so forth, all the advice I received, not a single word was this simple. Not a single moment did someone say, hey, these things are great, but make sure that you just give what you have to God. That's worship. There were lights, music, cameras, smoke machines mentioned, but none mentioned just giving a simple gift. And as I was writing this, I started to become aware of some of the parallels between The wise men in the Christmas story, and these moments. So, worship at its very fundamental base simply giving gifts to God, giving what you have to God. We clearly see from this story, two, that there's a right way to go about this and a wrong way to go about this. Now, this all started with a whole pa- piano debacle and, and, and conversation. And then in the process of that something happened here at the church. We sold the parsonage. And the conversation shifted a little bit. They just happened to align. They but buying the piano, it's an expensive piece of equipment. A tool for worship starting to give way to its age and use. And the money to replace it suddenly in our hands. Well, like I said earlier, we decided to get a new piano. But the conversation came up that we should tithe on that money. About taking 10% of that money and putting it towards another ministry outside of these four walls, investing it into the minister, or, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the people in Japan. (laughs) Missionary, yeah. I had ministry and missionary stuck in my head together and it just wasn't coming out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, giving it to, you know, causes like that. And we went round and round. And during this conversation, obviously, it was with the board, our good friend Dave brought up the fact that this portion should be set aside and decided on first. Hmm. And again, you may not be making these connections, but all these connections made sense in the moments and then the thought process that I was going through these these past couple weeks. This brought me back to there's a right and wrong way to do worship. We as a board are taking a look at that money And setting aside some of it first. Abel, the one whose worship was accepted, took his best and his first and offered it to God. Again, not mandated by God, but by choice. This concept, I think, is the second foundational piece. worship. And the thing is, it's found all over the Bible. It isn't even a (laughs) question. When we talked about it in the board meeting, it wasn't even a question because of how prevalent this idea is in the Bible. We see in Leviticus 23.10, when you come into the land which I give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And then we have Proverbs 3.9, honor the lord with all with your wealth with your first fruits of your crops ezekiel 44:30 the first of all fruits of every kind and every contribution of every kind from all your contributions shall be for the priests you shall also give the priest the first of your dough to cause a blessing to rest on your house hmm again These are just three examples from random places in the Bible. It's repeated over and over and over again. Verse after verse shows that if you're going to worship God, it better be with your first and your best. So let's recap where we're at this point. Worship, first, worship is literally giving what you have to God. Doesn't matter what it actually is, just has to be what you have or produce. Cain and Abel were literally giving what they had. For Abel, he was a shepherd. So what did he give? Sheep. For Cain, he was a farmer. Uh, uh, I'm having a bad time with words this morning. <laughs> farmer, farmer works. Uh, he gave literally fruit. What do you have? Second, There's a right way and a wrong way to worship God. And an integral part, it doesn't matter necessarily what you're doing, what it matters is how you are doing it. An integral part of the right way is giving your best first, no matter what it is. Does everyone have that so far? We good? We got our foundation laid? Now, let's go back to Genesis 4. God asked Cain why he looked so sad and dejected. Literally, when I pulled apart the, the, the language here, his face has fallen, or his face is lying. Man. How many of us come into worship with a lying face? I know I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Cain is upset, and a little bit rightly so, that God hasn't accepted his offerings. I can imagine. It would be pretty upsetting if you literally knew God on a first-name basis. I mean, there's only, like, four people on the face of the planet at this point. And he didn't accept what you gave to him. Has anyone ever given a gift that you were really excited about giving to that person? And when you gave it to them, they're like, oh, this is great. Thank you. By the way, this is literally me. Um, like every Christmas, Sarah gives me her, her Christmas list, and I go through it, and I, you know, I get what I get for her. And um, it's almost a joke that every Christmas she asks for something, and I get, like, the wish.com version of what, she asked for. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, we have, we have a, a like a, like a, a uh, huh? Tenderizer. Yeah, meat tenderizer that we don't use. Um, we, we have a, a Kool-Aid, like, jug that um, we don't use. <laughs> like, just every year, it seems, this year I stuck really close to, to it, and I don't think I did it, th- did I do it this year? Huh? Oh, I almost did it. She saw the list. She saw what I was going to do. She's like, nope, not that. Not that. This. This version. But every Christmas, it was the same. It was like, oh, thank you for trying. Um, this was A for effort. Um, <laughs> she was nicer about it than that, because um, she's nicer than that. Um, I, I, asked, I asked if I could uh, give this story beforehand. So Normally I don't, and then I get in trouble afterwards. Um, now, the story isn't random. The reason that the gifts don't land for Sarah is the same reason that Cain's wasn't the proper offering to God. Cain wasn't giving his best. He wasn't taking the time to even figure out or set aside what was best for God, and he was frustrated when God doesn't accept it. But just like Sarah, God doesn't want the wish calm version of our worship. He doesn't want you to show up when it suits you. He doesn't want you to just give what you have left in your pocket. He doesn't want you to find the cheapest version of what you're looking for. He wants you to give your best. He wants you to give your first. And Cain goes to the same place that we often go when we don't feel like we're getting what we want out of that relationship with God. Cain becomes resentful of God and Abel because he's not giving his best. And yet, for some reason, it's Abel's fault I think the same thing happens to us. We see the blessings that come when others give their first and their best. When they worship God with all that they have and then they are blessed. Not because God is showing some messed up form of favoritism, but because when we orient our lives to one that worships God with our first and our best, with all that we have, it starts to align all the other parts of our lives. Everything else starts to come into line. And so even when the bad stuff happens, our life is oriented towards God, so it just sort of, it happens, but it's, we move forward. We still have our joy. We still know Who God is. Again, it doesn't mean everything's going to go right or even good when you live this way. And if you know the end of the the story, the next couple verses in chapter four, it doesn't end well for Abel. Except it does. because we know where Abel ends up. Abel did everything right. He oriented his life towards worshiping God. So that it was the first and the best. He was giving his first and the best. And it didn't turn out the way he should, <laughs> I'm sure he expected. But let's be real. I don't think I'm talking to the Ables in the room. I think I'm here to talk to the Canes. Not that any of you I think are murderers. (laughs) Let's be clear on that. (laughs) Maybe you, Annis, I don't know. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know who needs to hear this. Like I said at the beginning of this, I've gone down a deep hole (laughs) into worship the last couple weeks, and this is part of the result of it. When we see others thriving, when we see others getting what they want from life, we can become jealous. We start to see the preaching as inadequate. We start to think the music is not for me. We start to pull away with a fake face, a lying face. Oh, everything's fine. It's great. No. We start to want what we want instead of what God wants. Instead of giving Him Our best and our first, we give just whatever we happen to have lying around. Whatever is left over. We start to give less because we start to think it's about us. It's not. None of it is about us. It's not about the music, it's not about the prayer not the sermon, not the fellowship, not the building, not the liturgies, not the game nights, not the kids' church, not the offering, not the volunteering. None of this is for us. It's for God, the glory of God, and the betterment of His kingdom, the building of His kingdom. Yes, we grow through it, We seek God through it. We become better through the worship of God. When we become, when we give our first and our best, we become the first and best of who we can be through the worship of God. And it's not just here on Sundays. It's in every moment. Are you giving your first and your best to God at work? Are you giving your first to best and God at home? Are you giving your first and best to God at the grocery store? When you're driving? It's about orienting your life towards his worship. Cuz again, it's not about you. It's about him. It's about God. I'll call up the worship team. I have to be honest with you, one of my pet peeves is when I start seeing people put things in front of what God has for them. Again, this is maybe something that comes from being a pastor. It may come from the way I was raised where the thing that was put in front of you every morning or every day basically was church. Probably about half of my life up until I was an adult was spent in a church. I don't think I can tell you what the right way is for you to worship God. I can't tell you what your best and what your first is. Just like with Cain and Abel, it's going to be different for each and every one of us. For Abel, it was the best portions of the first lambs. For Cain, it would have been the literal first fruits of his best crop. For you, it might be time, or money, or talents. I don't know what it will be for you, what it is for you, what it looks like for you to give your first and your best. But what I do know is you can give it to God. You see, when we aren't giving our first and our best, it becomes obvious, just like it did with Cain. When you're not giving what you should be to God, even when you have a really good lying face about it, like Cain did, the anger, the frustration, the spinning of the wheels, it's obvious. God confronted Cain with this. I don't think it's my place necessarily to call you out in that. But I think each and every one of us needs to have a really good conversation with God. Are we giving our first and are we giving our best to God? And I'm sure the Holy Spirit convicts you through random sermons or people or other moments that get in your way to show you what giving your first and best looks like. Maybe you're feeling a little bit of that right now and want to take the next steps. Maybe it'll be next week. Maybe it'll be the week after. I don't know. I can tell you, again, I'm not here con- to condemn you. I'm here to walk next to you through this journey. To help you find what your first and best looks like. Maybe I'm not the right person for it. Maybe it's Pastor Judy. Maybe it's Tyler. Maybe it's Paul. I don't know. Talk to one of us. Judy and I are here most weeks. Paul and Tyler are here once a month. What putting God first and foremost in your life, what worshiping with everything that you have looks like, Again, it's not about you. It's not about what you have or how you're blessed or how you feel in the moment, but how God sees your worship. Is your worship acceptable or is it unacceptable? And I guarantee you, if you're giving your first and your best, you will always Be acceptable. I want to make it clear. I think we all have some shortcomings when it comes to giving our all to, well, our best and our first to Christ. I don't think we're or any of us in this room are Cain. I don't think anyone in this room is a murderer. Especially not you, Ennis. <laughs> That's not my intent here. That's not God's intent here. But... When we see the contrast of Cain and Abel and the worship that they gave and the path that it led Cain down, we see sort of the best and the worst way contrasted against each other. And I think we're all probably somewhere in the middle of that. Let's pray. Let's pray that we would give our first and our best to God, no matter what the situation is, no matter where we are. Heavenly Father, you know our hearts, you know our lives, you know. More intimately than we even know ourselves, Lord. You know when we're giving our best and our first. And you know when we're not. So I pray. I pray an imperfect prayer from an imperfect person over an imperfect congregation. that we would seek you in everything that we do and that everything we would do we would seek to worship you through it his name we pray. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.